0: Telephone rang this week. It was my my precious bride, Greg. Doug Rambo just collapsed and here at work, and and he died. Doug was a, a guy that we loved. He was a of a friend he sold us my car and we'd taken him out to dinner we talked with him about his his walk with God and he just died and he's a young guy he's my age you know and Donna said pray for the people here, they are in shock. Got a call, uh, or got a Texas this week that one of our precious people, Rod, he, his brother and sister-in-law were tragically, and keep Rod Anderson and his family in prayer, they... They tragically lost their brother and sister-in-law this week in a car accident, and I called and talked to his lovely bride, and the heartache they're going through. We have a a, a prayer page, Facebook prayer page. If you haven't signed up for it, I'd encourage you to. It's it's, uh, you can t- sign up through, through Heather and, and you have so many prayer requests come in. Precious, needful prayer requests. People struggling with jobs. People with needs that come in that need to be prayed for. How do you pray? When someone asks you. How do you pray? What do you pray? What are we supposed to do? Do any of you feel when someone comes to you and says. Would you pray for me? Your knees go weak. Your palms get sweaty. And you go. Okay, and then you walk away. And maybe your prayers, God help them, this morning. It's going to be a little different than normal. Because I just want to give you a very, very practical way to prayer. You know, the elders have been asking, hey, be in prayer because next weekend we have the unstuck group here and we're going to hopefully begin the process of getting a five-year plan. We're going to hopefully get the process of figuring out all the things of where we're going and we're, we, we want you to pray. What does that mean? Pray. So I want this Morning to be extremely practical. But, I want you to hear me. This isn't the only way to do it. Pastor Greg said, this is how we pray. We don't go to the right or left. We pray this way. No! No! No, this is a way to pray. It's going to be, I believe, a biblical way to pray, but it's not the only way. But I think it's a good way. And it's found in Nehemiah chapter 1. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Nehemiah chapter 1, and we're going to look at how to pray. Now you've got to know the background here. Nehemiah chapter one. I'm going to give you the short form. It's a marvelous story. Nehemiah has a special job. He's the cupbearer. We don't know what a cupbearer is today, but in that day, he was the official food taster for the king, because that meant that if he ate it and he lived, then the king ate it. If he ate it and he died, the king didn't eat it. Very simple test. How would you like that job? Also, if he ate it and lived, and then the king ate it and died, he died. Because they figured he was in on the plot. All right, so he, he had to be trusted by the king. Not only did he have to be trusted by the king, he would become the king's advisor. I mean, if your life was always in each other's hands, you'd become pretty trusted. So Nehemiah was that. But Nehemiah was Jewish. He was a Jewish slave. That was one of the plans that the Babylonian Empire did. What they would do is they would say, hey, guess what? If we had slaves serving us, we don't have to worry about political intrigue. They're not going to try to take over. They're not trying to take our positions. And so they would do that for safety. So, here's what's happening. One day, some people from his hometown, Jerusalem, stop in and they tell him how bad Jerusalem is because, well, they don't have a wall. You see, many years before, King Nebuchadnezzar had come in and he had laid siege on Jerusalem. He had won the war against them. He took all their bright and best and wealthy people out. He destroyed their army, and he destroyed their wall. In that day, if you didn't have a wall, you had no protection at all. Think of the old, have you seen those, like those old westerns, you know? The town without a sheriff, and all the bad guys come riding in in a herd, and, you know, they tear up the town, and then they ride out. That's the picture. Without a wall, there was no one to stop the bad guys. And so they start telling the stories, the horror stories. This is what's going on. People are being devastated. People are being torn apart. And so, this will stir Nehemiah to prayer. It will stir him to action. He will go before the king with a sad face, which is against the law and which he should have died for. And the king will say to him, Why are you sad? And he will tell the king. And the king will say, Well, what do you need? And Nehemiah will have it all figured out. And the king will tell him, Go do it. And what do you need? You got it! And he will go back to Jerusalem with all supplies. He will rally the people despite great opposition and in just a little more than a month build an amazing wall and then lead Jerusalem. But it all begins with prayer. So let's break it down, shall we? The words of Nehemiah, the son of of Hakaliah. Now it happened that the sons of one of my brothers came with certain men from Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews who escaped, who had survived the exile, and concerning Jerusalem. Number one, prepare your heart by truly by asking. Questions. Let's go back just one slide, can we? Are we missing that? Yeah, by asking questions. The first thing you have to do is ask questions. What's going on? Be it when Donna called me, be it when I talked to the Anderson family, you ask questions, not for the purpose of gossip, but to understand. Ask questions. Find out how you can help. Find out how you can pray. Be specific in questions. Hey, what can I do? What's going on? What, what, What do we need to know? What do I need to know? How can I help? Ask questions. Now we live in the internet age. It becomes very important to ask questions when you receive internet requests. Especially when it's, I'm... Would you pray for me because uh, I I want to give you this request. It's from a friend of my cousin's. That's how those internet myths get started. There was one that about every year for about four years I would get. And some precious person in whatever church i was serving in would send it to me and say pastor could you put this on the prayer chain and it was some little boy out of texas who was dying and his name was something i can't remember now and, and and he he needed prayer right then because he needed the problem was In the story, the kid was eight. By the time the story got to us, the kid was 18. It had been flying around for 10 years. And it had changed. So you need to ask questions. When it's a friend of a friend of a friend sending you something, ask, where did this come from? When someone is asking you, Uh, to pray for something that is happening in the the nation. Ask yourself, where's this coming from? For many years, Christians would be taken in because uh, supposedly the uh, son of Madeline Murray O'Hare was going to get all Christian radio taken off. And that would go year after year after year. First it was through written things and email blasts. Then it got on Facebook. And, and, and so it would go year after year after year. And, and it had been disproven. But we would call people to pray. So do your homework. When you hear something, find out where it's coming from. Especially if it's on the internet. Also, if someone's calling you to rally, follow the money. I remember at one church we were at, someone was you know, trying to get our people to rally be, behind something because you know, it was a very much a doom and gloom thing. And I started clicking on the links and realized that this person was making money off what they were trying to push us to do. It was a fundraising scheme for them, but they just weren't telling anybody. And they made hundreds of thousands of dollars. So, ask questions. If it's not a personal person, do a little research. Second, listen. Prepare your heart Listening. As soon as I heard these words, I sat down. Listen. Don't launch in if you're, especially if you're, if someone is grieving, if someone is going through, if someone is wanting to share the story of how you can pray. Listen. Don't launch into and going. You know what? I, I I realize you lost somebody. That reminds me when I lost. Don't do that. Listen. When you're going, I I realize you've lost your job, but uh, I remember when my Uncle Joe lost his job. Take a moment and listen. Listen to what's going on. Listen to their heart. Listen to their pain. Listen to what they're going through. Take a moment to contemplate, to think about. You know, too often in our day, we're so fast to act and to simply look at something and walk away. We're so caught up in our business. And friends, busyness is not necessarily spiritual. Just take time to listen. In fact, I want to go a step farther. Listening's better than having all the answers. Listening often is the gift of presence. And the gift of presence outweighs Shade answers any day. Thirdly, when you pray, pray with compassion. And wept and mourned four days, and I continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Notice how he prayed. He prayed over the people. He sacrificed food for them. He took time for the people. Notice it was for days. How compassionate, how passionate are your prayers for people. Next week we're going to begin a series on the heart. And we're going to look at Mark chapter 7. And one of the things that Jesus points out, it is from What is in the heart, that which comes out. What is in your heart, my friend? Is there compassion? Is there concern? If not, maybe you want to begin with a prayer that says, God, I don't have compassion for people. Please put that in my heart. I want to care for them. I want to love them. I want to care about people in situations. Help me want what you want. And friends, that old song comes true. Change my heart, oh God, make it ever new. Change my heart, oh God, make it just like you. I remember the former head of World Vision used to pray, break my heart with the things that break yours. Have a heart of compassion when you pray. Notice next. Pray with intensity. And I said, O Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his compassion, let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer of your servant that I now pray before you day and night for the people of of Israel, your servants. Pray with intensity, day and night. But when you pray with intensity, notice there's something to this intensity. Why can I be intense? I can be intense because it's rooted in a deep knowledge and trust of who God is. He is great. He is awesome. He keeps His promises. He loves His people. he, it has a pleading to listen. God, please keep your promise and we will keep praying until we hear from you. Notice it's not a simple lay me, I lay me down to sleep prayer. It's a full prayer. Throttle engagement with God. I need you. The people need you. We need you. We understand the situation. We understand that these people cannot fix this situation. God, unless you show up, we are lost. And we are going to bang on your door until you answered. God, I'm not praying for me. I'm praying for them. Do you ever pray like that? It's exhausting. But it's worth it. Do you ever go, God, it's not about me, it's about them and they need you. And God, if you don't show up, they're in trouble. God, if you don't show up, if you don't reveal yourself, it's over. And then you see God show up. And then you get to glorify His name. But also, pray with a heart of confession. Confessing the sins of the people of Israel which we have sinned against you. Even I and my Father's house have sinned. We have acted corruptly, very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments, the statutes and the rules that you've commanded your servant, Moses, pray with a heart of confession. Do you notice what he does here? There's no excuses. He doesn't say now, no, God, uh you know we meant well we We tried, we just our sin, this is my sin, and my sin breaks your heart. My sin is wrong, and I take full responsibility for my sin, and I take full responsibility for the people of God I call family. Isn't it? I take responsibility for my family and their sin. That's identification. That's saying I'm drawing a line and I'm standing by them. I'm not just going to head to the church down the street. They're my family. and I'm buying in. There's no dodging the subject. It's understanding I worship and serve a holy God, and I'm going to approach this God in prayer. I'm approaching Him on His terms. Search my heart, O Lord. See if there's any wicked way in me. Cleanse my heart, O Lord. I confess my sin. You are faithful. You are just to forgive my sin. When was the last time you confessed? Well, God and I have an understanding. Oh, brother, sister, when you pray, take the time to say, God, I have sinned. And I come from a people who sin. Forgive us. Notice next. Pray with a heart that understands the power of God's forgiveness and restoration. Remember the word that you commanded your servant Moses, saying, if you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the peoples. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, though you are outcast in the uttermost parts of heaven, from there I will gather them and bring them to the place that I have chosen to make my name. Well, there, they are your servants and your people whom you have redeemed by your great power and by your strong hand. When we confess and return, I want you to hear this. I want you to to write this on the tablet of your heart. I want you to just stencil it in. You have a God who loves to restore You have a God who loves to pick up all the broken pieces and loves to make something new out of the broken. I love the art shows we do here. We need to do one again. I miss it. We need to do one. You know what one of my favorite pieces is? Elmer, are you here? If you're here, wave at me. I gotta see. Alright, there you are. Elmer, it's that one of yours from the fire. It's the one with the crystal and the silver. I love that piece. Some of you don't know Elmer. If you don't, he's he's the guy who looks like Santa Claus on the back row. Here's what happened. Elmer and his his beautiful bride. Their house caught fire a few years ago and just burned to the ground. And now Elmer lives in a barnamanium. (laughs) They rebuilt the barn, and that's where they live. But he had some crystal, and that crystal, due to the heat of the fire, melted, and he had some some good silver, and they, they just blended together. And it's just this stunning piece of art that God made through the heat of the fire. And it's just beautiful. At least it is to me. But what I know, I'm colorblind. So hey. But I love it. But that's the picture here. That's the picture. God takes what goes through the fire. And he turns what sin meant to make ugly and broken and unusable. And God takes it and he says, I'm going to restore it. I'm going to redeem it. I am going to use my power on it. And it's beautiful. Because we have a God who's great and powerful. And his strong hand can redeem. And that's why we confess. As he works notice also sometimes when somebody comes up to you and says will you pray for me God begins working on our heart and he says you gotta do something you gotta pray but you gotta do something Nehemiah was pricked in his heart by God and he said, i got to do something. I can't sit on the sidelines. Now, his something put his life on the line. God put it in his heart to create a plan. God put it in his heart to go before the king with a sad face. To do that was death. You never went before the king with a sad face. Even if you are sad, you didn't go. It had to be a happy face. And the king looks at him and says, why are you sad? And he swallows hard, says he shot out a prayer to God, and he lays it out. God moves. But that wasn't isolated. It started with another prayer. He prayed for God's favor and mercy. And if God moves your heart to do something, here's your prayer. Oh Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight to fear your name and give success to your servant today and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. God, Give me favor. Grant me mercy. Delight in my prayer. Work through me. Notice he didn't demand or say I deserve. He left the results in God's hands. Why? Because he trusts God no matter what the outcome. And should the king take his life, he knows that there's a king of kings in whose hand his life rests. We have a little room right over there. If Jesus were in that room praying for you right now, mentioning you right now by name to his heavenly Father, I have a question for you. What would you attempt? What would you do? And what would you fear? What would you be afraid of? If Jesus was right there praying for you by name, what would you fear? Probably nothing. I think most of you, if a million people were gathered outside, million enemies, you'd say, I got this. (laughs) I got Jesus. I win. Right? What's the difference between right there and the book of Hebrews tells us that He's at the right hand of our Father interceding for us right now? So friends, in conclusion, I want you to pray for our church. Our heart breathes to see people meet Jesus. We want to walk in His mercy. We want to be agents of His mercy to this world. We want to share the gospel with people around us and see many people meet Jesus Christ and know Him as their King of kings. We want to create a five-year plan on how to do that. We want to help families and children and teens and adults. And I hope you'll pray over that. Friends, I want you to pray for our state, our country, our world. This last week, I was brokenhearted when I watched Video clips of people being punched in the face and in the back over politics. People spitting in each other's faces and throwing bottles at the police. And I see so much rhetoric of of anger. Pray for our country. Ask questions. Listen. Pray for our leaders. But remember, the strong and mighty king is on his throne. And he's praying for you. So don't be afraid. Don't fear. Ask questions. Be compassionate. Be fervent. Be, be in. Tense. understand God's power, confess your sins, understand the power of His forgiveness and His restoration, and don't fear, but friends, above all, pray. Pray. The world needs Christians.